And you know, I wonder if you would just take a moment with me, just a moment to imagine this, this scene. So after 30 years of virtually being non-existent, 30 years of obscurity, 30 years of being unknown, here we now have Jesus who is just about to step into his three years of public ministry. This is going to be a three-year time of incredible teaching, huge crowds, amazing healings, life transformation is about to happen during this three years. And what amazes me is that through the course of all of these things that is about to happen, Jesus never lost sight of why he, he came here. He knew that he was to go to the cross, that he would die, that he would be buried, that he would raise again in three days. And so I, I'm overwhelmed at the thought of what Jesus does to kick off his, his three-year ministry. What does he do to really coronate his eternity-changing three years of this amazing journey. Well, he chooses to be baptized. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, wants to be baptized. And of all things, I think, why baptism? In fact, look at what it says in Matthew chapter 3. It says, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. Why are you coming to me. Now, kids, students in the room, maybe you get this better than even some of us adults. Imagine your favorite athlete or your favorite musician. And, and, and imagine you just, you just want to meet them. You want to say hi. You want to shake their hand. You want to high five. You want a picture with them. You want to tell them how amazing they are, how much you love them, how much you want to be like them. Imagine meeting that person. I'm telling you what, for me, at the risk of all my friends and everyone in this room making fun of me, I have to tell you, after hours and hours and hours of trying, I was able to secure Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> I, you can laugh all you want, but my daughter is stoked, and i got to admit, I'm kind of excited too. So, I, you know, we get to go see this, and I'm telling you, can you imagine if... if we go to that concert and, and Taylor Swift comes out and she walks up to me and she puts her hand on my shoulder and she says, Charles, could you teach me how to sing? Could you teach me how to play guitar? Could you teach me how to write a hit song? Charles, I would really appreciate it if you would do that for me. That's ridiculous. I mean, of course, that is, that is never going to happen. We're the ones saying, no, 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 we should be asking you this question. This is exactly what's happening to John in this moment. John's job is to get people ready for Jesus, to get them ready for the Messiah, the one. And Jesus was coming here to give everyone eternal life. And, and John's job was to prepare the way for Jesus. And John knew this. In fact, it's in Mark chapter 1 that, that John announced, he said, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. He said, and so much greater, in fact, I'm not worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. John knew what his role was here and what he wasn't expecting and what he couldn't fathom was that, was that Jesus, the Messiah, the promised one, was asking him to baptize him. In fact, he, 
he can't imagine it. He can't believe it to the point where he's trying to get himself out of it. He's trying to say, no, 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 it should be the other way around. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus' ways, aren't they always surprising? Jesus does things that constantly surprises us because Jesus does things that we wouldn't expect him to do. He says things we don't expect him to say. He acts in ways we don't expect him to act. Why? Because Jesus is fulfilling God's plan. He's not fulfilling Charles's plan. He's not fulfilling your plan. He's fulfilling God's plan. And this surprise that Jesus throws is a plan that began when he came to this earth as a baby that we're going to celebrate in a few weeks. And that surprise continued on all the way to this moment here with baptism. And that's why Jesus says these words to John in verse 15. He says to him, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agrees to baptize Jesus. I've often wondered, what does it mean when he says that we must carry out all that God requires? You know, I think, I think what he's referring to here, Jesus is referring to our relationship with God. That, that, that God requires that to have a relationship with a faultless, sinless, perfect God, that we too must be faultless, sinless, and perfect. Now herein lies the problem, because I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect I sometimes like to act like I'm perfect, and I sometimes even like to think like I'm perfect, but I most definitely am not, and you aren't either. And here's the problem. I think you would all agree that all of us fall short of God's glorious standard. In fact, we know we do, because in Romans chapter 3, it says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. Every single one of us. So what are we supposed to do to bridge this gap? Well, we can try harder. That's what most of us do. We just, we're just going to try harder. We're going to buckle down and we'll try harder. But I'll tell you this, no matter how hard you try, you are never going to be perfect. It's impossible. In fact, I'd go as far as to say, rarely has trying harder ever gotten me to where I want to be. So it doesn't work. Okay, so trying hard doesn't work. What else can we do? Well, we could be good. We could be good people. That's what we'll do. We'll be good people. But my question there is, is how do we know if we're going to be good enough? And, and, and what are we comparing good to? What, what's the definition or whose definition of good are we using as our standard? Because I got to tell you, that seems like a moving target from day to day, from moment to moment. And that makes me real uneasy. So... If we can't try harder and we can't be good, then what in the world are we going to do to close the gap? Well, the point is, I don't think we can do anything. That's why we need God. We need God himself to fulfill all that is required because we can't do it on our own. And that is why we have Jesus. And that is exactly what he does. And when Jesus says these words, it should be done, this is an amazing, amazing precursor, or should I say even echo, of, of what Jesus cries on the cross in his final moments. He yells, it is done. It's fulfilled. It's finished. It's completed. It's done. Jesus fulfilled it because on the cross, Jesus died for our sins forever. And when he's plunged underneath those waters of baptism, 
is a picture of what He does on the cross when He takes our sin and He takes our shame and He takes our punishment and death on Himself and He dies and is buried with it. But here's the deal. This isn't the end. It's only the beginning because He comes up out of the water just as He does from the grave. And when He does, He leaves sin and He leaves death behind. And when He does, it guarantees you and I a new life and a new purpose on this earth. With him forever. In fact, it's in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life is begun. This isn't the end for us Christ followers. This is just the beginning for us. But I ask the question, why was Jesus baptized? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons he was baptized. One, I think he's trying to identify with us. He's doing what a good leader does. He's showing us what to do. He, he, he's identifying with, he's given us this beautiful picture of a, of a pursuing, loving Savior who would go before us to show us that God will do anything, even, even the point of death on the cross and victory through a resurrection, to have a relationship with you and I. He will do anything to bridge that gap. But I don't think Jesus is baptized just to identify with us. There's more than that. I, I think it's also an invitation to us. An invitation that that says, look, we can leave our old life behind. We don't have to be who we were anymore. It can, be, it can be different. We can leave our old life at the bottom of the water, and when we raise, we raise victoriously from the waters, embracing our new life and embracing our new identity in Jesus Christ. You know, one of my favorite couple of verses in all scripture is an amazing scene that captures me is what happens right after Jesus comes out of the water. This is what verse 16 and 17 says. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Whether you are a kid in this room or whether you are an adult, all of us have one thing in common. We all want to be loved. We all want to be like us, accepted. We, we, we all want to be accepted for who we are. We don't want people to like us or love us just because we're, we have money or because we're good at school or because we look a certain way. We don't ever want to feel like we have to be a certain way in order to earn someone's love. We all... All of us want to be valued for who we are, for, for what we are, for, for we want to be unconditionally accepted. And this is exactly what we see happening with Jesus here. You see, God doesn't speak from heaven and say, hey, son, Jesus, because you were good, because you helped some people, because you did this stuff, I, I, I accept and love you. No, Jesus, he, uh, God says the opposite. He says, Jesus, because you are my child, because of who you belong to, you belong to me, and because of that, I love you, and I am pleased with you. Listen, your approval isn't based on who you are. You know what it's based on? It's based on 
whose you are. You are a son or a daughter of God. You can't earn that. He loves and accepts you because you belong to him. This is, this is the baptism is the best example of this reality. It's a declaration of who we belong to. It's a celebration that I am his. And that is why we celebrate together. This is exactly what these people are doing this morning. It's a declaration to the world that they don't want to live for themselves anymore, that they want to live wholeheartedly for Jesus. And, and maybe you're here today and you're saying, I, I do love Jesus, but I've never been baptized and I missed my chance. I want to tell you, you haven't missed your chance. We want you to still take that step this morning. Or maybe you're here today and, and you were baptized as an infant, and I would say this to mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, thank you. Thank you for loving me and doing what you felt was right. Thank you for caring for me in that way. But now maybe it's time to make that faith yours. It's time for you to make that decision. So you should be baptized. Or maybe you were baptized at one time and, and you walked away. You said, you know what? No, 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 I changed my mind. I can do this on my own. I don't need the Lord anymore. I got this. But now you're back. You're back and you've said, you, you said, I'm sorry, I do need you. And now you want to recommit. You want to re-let people know that you're back. It, then baptism is for you. I tell you that because you haven't missed your chance today if you would still like to do that. In fact, if you're sitting here today and there's a nudge in your heart going, man, I wish I would get baptized, that nudge is something you should pay attention to. If God is calling you to be baptized today, I encourage you to listen to that voice. Be obedient to that voice, even when it's uncomfortable. And so here's, here's what's going to happen. We're going to sing, and in just a few minutes, I'm going to have you stand and sing. And, but when, and when we do, I'm going to ask you to slip into the back. We have some pastors and elders in the atrium waiting to help you. Because guess what? I have extra t-shirts, I have extra shorts, I have extra towels, and I even have a hair dryer if you need it. I have everything you need to get baptized today. If you are being called to make that step, listen. Pay attention to it. Don't let that go. We're ready for you. So let's sing. Let's stand. And as we do, if you need to slip out and go into the back, we will be waiting for you. Let's stand and sing.